0: Okay. Let's go. <laughs> we mean business. Let's tell now. the people what it's all about.
1: So, yeah, so we we uh, I imagine most of our listeners are return listeners at this point. We've we've been off for a while. We got busy mm-hmm. and then we didn't do the show for a while. But we're yeah. back and we're sorry. And, uh, we want to start off with an apology. <laughs> what a way to bring in the new year! Resolution of apology. Uh, if you don't know us, my name is Ted Forbes. I have another photography podcast that I do called The Art of Photography. Right. And uh, this is my friend Wade Griffith, who Hello. does a lot of things.
0: I yes. <laughs> Let's start with kindergarten. He paints I was his very house. Good at painting then. No. And uh, <laughs> well, we got busy because you got very involved with your video show. Yeah, did. And, yeah. and that has taken taken a lot of changes, uh, and yeah. done a lot with that, you know, in the last couple of years. And then I got really busy, um, with my, uh, f- photography. So, um, but we're back together and we're going to try to make this consistent again and,
1: yeah, we're and, even, rock and even do
0: more exciting things with it.
1: Well, we also got derailed, there's a number of reasons. We used to do this through – um, well, I'll go ahead and say it. But there's a company called Mevio.com, and it was free hosting. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the nice part about it. But uh, what happened was we didn't update our show for like two months, mm-hmm. and they just deleted it. I don't remember if, if people subscribed or not. It just went away one day. Right. Just Mevio just decided that they – well, these people don't keep up with the show. They're gone. And then I I had a more formal contract with Mevio with my other show, and it ended. So the difference now is there's more freedom, but we are passionate paying for all this so it's you know so you better listen people you better listen man this is paid yeah and it was it's hard because on the other show i have sponsors now and people it's funny like you know it's a free podcast but but uh, people complain about anything, so they've not been well received in general. Well, when this
0: but, blows up and gets huge, we'll have all kinds of sponsors. Yeah, so,
1: we're gonna rock the sponsors. And, oh uh, yeah, and then <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and then we'll do a worldwide tour. There's a lot of things, but first we just got to get through the first show. Well,
1: I think people think that like you know we have all the spare time and it's free to do these podcasts, and it's not. I mean, it's you know. For us, it involves generally a lot of jacking around with Skype and mics and recording. And uh, yeah. then like four hours later, we start recording the show.
0: Hopefully we're a little bit better at that this year as I hope well. so too,
1: yeah. Well, yep. the te- you know, the, the technology's changed. It's easier now. Yeah. <laughs> just
0: I just update, I just updated Skype this morning. I don't think I've used it since the last time I talked to you. So,
1: <laughs> Well, you know, and so far Skype is behaving. It sounds fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing is sometimes like, you know, we have to restart the call. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, So, But anyway, we we do actually have a plan for for our topic today, and I imagine most people are probably either finding this show and wondering why we haven't talked much about photography yet because they're seeing it on iTunes or they're old listeners who have come back, and we are very happy for that. Um, But uh, if if you're an old listener coming back, you probably saw my last video I put in the Art of Photography feed was – featuring Mr. Wade Griffith. And actually, we announced the show coming back. And we looked at Wade's awesome, cool new portfolio that he just yeah, that had made. that was fun. My video debut. Yeah, it was cool. And that was totally, by the way, spontaneous because um, I was actually going to help Wade by making a video of the portfolio and we just decided to kind of combine everything. And it worked yeah. out really well. Yeah. yeah, We were just going like to like tell me. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But we thought it would be a good idea today. What we could do is talk about a little bit more about just presentation in general for what you wanna do as a photographer. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, and I thought it was important to do too because like, you know, we showed your book and and we'll talk about that again in the context of this episode today. But, you know, it was interesting because like we got into filming that and I was kind of being the devil's advocate over there and asking, you know, the entry level questions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that book is certainly not a blur book in terms of it's a lot nicer, it probably costs a lot more. And, you know, you're at a point as a photographer with your business where you're selling yourself, and that's changed a little bit, and you do require that. But maybe somebody starting out, there's other options you can use to get to that point.
0: Definitely. Like I told you, this is the fourth year in my professional career of doing this, and this is the very first time that I've ever – Gone to this length to to do a, a this professional of a book, and before that, I just always had blurred books, and they worked just fine. Um, when right now, it was kind of a New Year's resolution to to get a more professional book and try to put myself on a more professional level against other photographers out there that have um, books of you know equal quality. So right. um, that that was the plan for this year.
1: Yeah, which is is that's a good thing. Have you uh, have you sent it off yet?
0: I haven't. I've I've had um I've already shown it around town a few times. That's that was what I wanted to do first was take it all over Dallas and show it to as many people as I could and that's what I'm have been doing. Uh, the first of January, and I still have um, three or four places to go this month, and and more even may pop up. So, I'm going to do that for a while, and then when Wonderful Machine, who helps represent me, um, they're going to contact me the next time that they're going to a major city to do a portfolio showing, uh, especially Ah. to to one where they can show it to someone who's interested in architecture or interiors, which is what I shoot mostly. So, um, they'll, they'll contact me, and then I'll send it off then. But I okay. want to show it around as much as I can before that because I won't get it back for a little while. So.
1: Well, yeah, okay, so just to clarify to people what like what the end use of this is. So basically what Wade did is if you haven't seen the video, you should go watch it. Um, it's all over the place. If you go to the Facebook or the YouTube or, you know, we've put it everywhere. But anyway, um, so the whole idea is that Wade did this book, um, had it made. It was kind of – I mean there's multiple people that go into making it. There's a guy who makes the actual book. You get the pages printed. Then it's some, some construction of putting this together. But it's really nice. It's got a linen um, – cover to it. And it's a beautiful book, but the whole idea is to actually use this to show to people for potentially getting work. So what Wade will do is either what he's saying is showing this around himself or a uh, wonderful machine is actually your rep. And then mm-hmm. they have opportunities to go sell your work as well. Was it their suggestion that you ended up doing a print? Portfolio. Yes, it was yeah. their
0: suggestion, and that's another thing that that kind of kicked me and got me going. Is that they they uh, emailed me one day and said, "Wade, um, since I w- since I'm kind of one of the new people on the roster that they're they're representing, um, they said that they were about to go to Atlanta or New York or one of these cities and show it to some people that might be interested in architecture, and uh, you know, could I send them my book?" So I got on. I got online and, and and looked at. They have a blog, and I was kind of looking at some of the other books that they're, they sh- they've been showing around lately. Another cool thing they they do is they they bring your book in and they kind of do like we did. They set it down on a table on a white table and they flip through it, and uh, so you can you can get an idea of of the of what the other books are like that you know that they of the people they represent. And uh, I was just like, oh yeah, mine's my blur book isn't gonna. <laughs> contend contend with this. So, Sitting on
1: a table with some really yeah, nice. So ones. I yeah. emailed
0: her right back and I said, um, give me a month and let me put together something really cool. And, um, and I'll send you a new and improved book that will be awesome. Cool. And um, so that was a great place to start to see what they were doing, to see what other architectural photographers were doing and uh, photographers in general. Uh, there's a million ways you can go about doing your book, designing your book, the colors of your book, uh, putting your logo or your name on your book, um, uh, the style of it. Uh, you can, you know. Really do something unique to represent yourself and, and that's what I did with mine I wanted to make it consistent with with my website and and uh, my logo and, and, and my style and uh, so that's what I did
1: cool. Actually, speaking of logos, we actually outlined this, but we didn't talk about logos. And I'll insert that in in a minute. Yeah, because I think that would be worth talking about, too. Well, what we kind of did is outline this and we were talking about, OK, so what would, you know, a, a listener gain from this? And I think, you know, people are at all different levels of where they are, either in their career or with their photography in general. But, you know, basically, what we're talking about is like presentation tools that you need um, and how to get your name out there and stuff. And some of these are social media, computer based, and some of them are actually physical materials. But, you know, we were talking about, like, Like, you know, what is it that you want to achieve? And so, you know, maybe it is that you're trying to be a professional photographer and maybe you're not. But I think everybody has a level of some kind of promo that they need to do for themselves. So, you know, basically promotional in nature, you know, whether it's, you know, you're interested in selling prints, maybe you just do it as a part time thing and you've got prints you want to sell. I think it's important to be able to show your work that way. And then also services, which is what Wade does is is freelance work typically where, you know, you'll have a client that pays you to go out and shoot something for them. Um, So it's not, you know, like stock photography or if you sell stock photography, you've got to promote the hell out of that, too. I think with any of these things, there's so much competition out there and, you know, everyone's a photographer now and and you really got to be creative and start thinking and, and pushing it to find ways to to promote what it is that you do. I mean, you know, we used to do. Uh, oh, this was years ago. Wade and I used to do shows together every now and then. We did that one at uh, Gachet when it was still over in Lower Greenville.
0: Right, where we actually hung our our work up on walls and yeah, invited and, people to come. And, and there
1: was there was a cell involved with that. I mean, Wade was working with another photographer at the time, and they were doing – were we? what were you guys calling it? Something Dallas i can't even remember but i, I know what you're talking yeah, about yeah but anyway basically what it was is we, we had a group of photographers that that I, we, exposure exposure that was it and so what we were doing is kind of finding different venues coffee houses restaurants whatever where we could show and then switch photographers in and out and that was fun but i mean i think it killed you <laughs> you were doing all it's the work. fun
0: but it's time consuming yeah it's super time consuming And um, and then it it, it, that's a hard way to sell your work. I mean, I don't know that I've ever had a lot of people. I mean, it's always just been random that someone will contact me and say, well, I saw your work hanging up in Studio Movie Grill or I saw your work hanging up in this coffee shop and I'd like to buy one or two. But you definitely couldn't survive off that unless you were you're the the top guy and everybody wants your stuff. Um, And then
1: you're probably not going to be showing at those places.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. But, you know, yeah, you might be in a gallery in, in London instead. Yeah. That, those are the people who really make a living off selling their work. And they probably do something on the side as well. But it's a lot of fun.
1: Well, I will say um, it was a for our level of experience at that time, that was a, necess- a necessity. You know, we needed to get out and show work and get used to that. Yeah. And I think I think there was a lot we gained out of it. I mean. I I think we sold a couple prints on that, but you're right. I mean the money was nothing. But and that's I not why. think the more artistic
0: your work is too, the more abstract even your work is. Yeah. That's a that's a great place for you is to be showing your work um in in different places galleries and coffee shops and wherever you can all the time well it's um, a
1: great way of learning how to get yourself out there and usually when when we used to do these we would have an opening reception and you know usually get that out of it and so you invite all your friends actually that one at Gachet was a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, we had a ton of people come out that night and, you know people are asking you about your work and you, you talk about it and explain it a little bit and you know if you've never done that kind of thing um that's an excellent experience for somebody who's starting out to start. Plus, it, it forces you to come up with a small body of work, whether it's five mm-hmm. prints or ten prints or whatever it is, and put those together. And are you picking things that relate to each other? How do they work in the room? I mean, you learn a lot just visually in those terms of of having to complete that as a project. I mean, I remember that was a lot of work at the last minute, too, trying to get the prints ready to hang, get them framed, get, you know, that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a boot camp in a way, you know. That's
0: something that every artist um, and photographer needs to learn. And sure. You know, way but to learn it is to do it there because there's a huge learning curve there and so you learn how to frame your work and um do you you actually want to frame it up or do you want to uh, present it on the wall some other way that's easier to hang or a lot of times you can't even hang stuff on the wall so you have to learn uh, you know what other ways you can go about that uh, how you can print your work Mm -hmm. but yeah anybody can come up with a small body of work Uh, that's kind of has a theme or some kind of consistency to it grab a few of your other photography buddies uh, and get together and then ask somebody that you know that owns any kind of place that people gather and put together a show invite someone that you know that can play the guitar and uh, Bringing some food and drinks, and you have a party, and, yeah. you, and and it helps with word of mouth and getting your name and and work out there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, but that and and to bring that back into our subject too, sometimes that requires at base level a business card and some samples of your work that you can show. Most yeah. coffee people don't want just anyone coming off the street and having something in their coffee shop. So, no, know, that's another good point,
0: that. and something that we can talk about is is having a branding for yourself is is essential. It's something that you have yeah. to do as a photographer. You need a low logo. Uh you need a consistent color scheme for yourself. You need um you need to be able to represent yourself like any product out there. Um and a business card is about the easiest thing that you can do. So there's really no excuse to not have a business card because if you're walking down the street and, or you're going to a meeting and you bump into someone, the easiest thing that you can do is hand them a business card and ask them to go look at your website later. Yeah. Um otherwise, they're not going to and they're not yeah. going to remember who you are and they're not going to remember your name and um,
1: Well, Well, and and that's the kind of thing where, I mean, I'll admit I'm the worst about this. In fact, I'm going to order some business cards this week. Uh, I I will forget to get them and then I'm in a conference or something and then I don't have them when people ask for them. Mm -hmm. And even worse, it's like, you know, I had on our list being prepared when opportunity surprises you because it does sometimes. And if you don't have a card or something, you can just basically show somebody, you know, sometimes you can miss out on something. But, you know, business cards are not hard to get. You don't. I mean, you know, even for somebody who is starting out, who doesn't really have an official business, just you need a way to be contacted, you know. Yeah. Um, the one that I've used a lot, and we'll talk about a couple that, you know, are, are popular. I think Moo.com probably has the best product out there as far as just the ease of use, uh, being able to get stuff printed. I will put all the links on these in the show notes, and mm-hmm. we'll be linking show notes everywhere, so you can just click on these and, and go check it out. But what's cool about Moo is they are a print-on-demand company, and so what – this basically means in the old days when we did business cards we had to you know basically set up these plates on a really expensive printer and get like thousands of them at a time and usually run them in conjunction with a letterhead and some other things and that's changed a lot now and with print on demand they have a way of being able to very easily print business cards and the really cool thing about them is you can put images on them and they can all be different they can be a thousand different images if you wanted to get extreme like that
0: yeah and that's so fun for a photographer yeah and uh, it, it, this is just the first time that this is in and you know, the cheap. history that yeah that we've been able to do something like this like you said it was very expensive to print uh, anything before especially uh, uh, something that had a different picture on on every card that was almost impossible unless you were very wealthy or yeah, something even
1: if it was possible it would have cost you a fortune to do sure that, you know? yeah
0: so, yeah, I've been a big promoter and user of Moo since they first came out. It was like, wow, I can't believe this. Look at this. You can order 100 different business cards, and eat, every single one has a different photo on it. And it's only you know $50 or whatever it is, and it's just like yeah, – that's amazing. And then when you're with a certain client that maybe you is, is a food client or a product client or an architecture or a portrait client, you can sift through your business cards real quick and hand them the card that is uh, best – for them to remember you yeah
1: it's really cool well and the other cool thing is when they're all different like that people like to pick and choose they're like oh wait they're all different oh it's a a lot of fun yeah Yeah, everybody turns into little
0: kids looking for their favorite candy or whatever
1: (laughs) that's really cool actually yeah The, the other cool thing about mood too um in fact if you've never done it i would just you know use the link on our show notes there just go check them out and you know just order some quick business cards, order whatever those minimum amount they have, you know, the little $20 package. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is you don't even have to go collect your images. Just hook it up to your Flickr account or even, I think it'll do Facebook and Instagram integration too. Yeah. Um, they started
0: with Flickr and I think that they've moved into more things. They make it as easy as possible for you.
1: Oh, they I had mean, a ton last time I was on there. And yeah. if for some reason, the photo is not high res enough. It'll, it'll give you a warning on there. It's smart mm-hmm. enough to tell you that. And then basically you just say, Hey, go. And it, it's cool. Cause like, let's say you're ordering 50 cards. If I only put four images in there, it'll just give me each one of those four in multiples until I hit 50. So you don't have to have 50 different images on 50. I mean, you, you do it however you want. Give them 10 mm-hmm. images and they'll have five of each, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, and it's 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 easy, it's affordable, and they've also got some other options in there, because I, I think you've done those mini cards, haven't you, the little slim yeah, ones? Yeah, I've done
0: the mini cards. I've done, I've tried the, all the different kinds of papers. They have everything from matte to glossy. They have a card that's like three layers of paper, so you yeah, can have like Lux a, card. a color layer in the middle. Um, yeah, so there's just there's just a ton of uh, different options for you to kind of customize. Uh, what you want to do for yourself.
1: The other cool thing about Moo too is that it, it's not just business cards. They basically make small paper products. So they have postcards. They have, uh, if you want to do greeting cards or Christmas cards, you can do all that stuff through there. So those make really nice little promos too. If you just want to get some, I made some postcard size stuff, and I didn't actually use them as postcards. I didn't send them out or anything. But I'd take them and just leave behinds when you meet with somebody. That's that's sometimes pretty cool too. Yeah, you yeah. I mean, y-
0: you can't beat that either. And you can get you know various images on all those as well and and pick from different papers as well but to have a postcard size image, Uh, That you can leave behind, or or write a thank you note, or introduce yourself with uh, you you know, send it out in the mail, or whatever. Um, That's that's a great way to promote yourself, and and something another thing that every uh, photographer should should really have. Um, So I I order those for myself, just about you know, new ones every single time I run out, so that when I do go show my book or whatever, I can send a thank you card, or or just leave a leave behind with them there. And most people, designers and, and 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 stuff will, if they if they like the image that they've picked that's something that they'll leave on their desk oh yeah and uh, the next time that they need a photographer for a certain type of project and they see your image sitting right there on their desk you know they'll turn that around and your information's on it and there you go you at least can give them an estimate or something
1: so yeah yeah. Keep, keeping the bug in their ear so to speak one just a couple just words on when you design your business cards and we won't go into a graphic design dissertation on this or anything but the important thing is that okay here's one of the, my pet peeves with business cards is sometimes people get a little too crazy with them i think for a photographer using being able to use different images and have an image on the back of each one and then get your name and your contact information on there just mm-hmm. whatever the the however you prefer to be contacted. It's so a phone number, website, email, whatever. Right. Uh, put your name on there and, and keep the type readable and keep it. Sometimes you see these people making business cards out of like, you know, they, they're like metal dog tags delivered by a circus monkey in a cooking <laughs> tent. I mean, you know, they're just ridiculous. And <clears throat> I've seen people design business cards that people couldn't get into their wallet or they're a weird size and they leave them on a table or, you know, there's kind of a conventional thing that it's important not to get probably too fancy, especially if you're not an actual designer. And right cool. now,
0: if you are a graphic designer and you're an amazing designer, then go all out, of course. You know what you're doing there anyway. We don't even need to talk to you. But if you're not a designer, then uh, showing off your best images on some of your cards and then keeping your information – very, like you said, just very subtle and clean and neat and to the point on the other side is yeah. a great way to go.
1: Well, and Moo is really easy, too, because they have they've got a ton of templates in there to start with. And they're all nicely designed. Some of them are especially geared towards photography or being a model or whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can just gar- grab those, make small. Mo- they're all modified. You can modify any of them. You know, mm-hmm. you can change the typeface and stuff. But just stick with those and keep it simple. You know, right. you want to show off your work. Make sure that's tight, and that's the that's the important part.
0: And Moo is one that we've always used and that we like a lot. But there yeah. are a ton of options out there. So we're not going to say that any. You know, if if anyone else is listening and you work at another company where where you do some something that's similar, right. we're not knocking your project you know uh, product at all. We're just saying that Moo is something that we've personally used. But you know, I know that Shutterfly and Kodak and a lot of other. Uh, websites out there, uh, do something similar. sure. And so if that's something that you're more used to or you already have a, you know, y- your work uh, with them or, or whatever, and it's easier for you to use and, you know, just do whatever is it's easy it's- for you to use and, and, and that you know will look nice.
1: Yeah. I've just never had any reason to use anything but Moo. I mean, right. yeah. they're fast. They And I, I think they have printing in the U.S. I mean, it's a U.K.-based company. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, but I've you would never... never
0: know it because your card's or yeah. they turn them around so quickly and they have them to your front door
1: so oh, quickly oh like you can get two day delivery if you need I mean they, they yeah. can do them last minute so, so it's very nice
0: and that's uh, the great thing about the internet nowadays as well is that you know we used to all only want to do business in town no matter what we were doing right. like in Dallas you would say well I need a printer here in Dallas I need to get my business cards here done in Dallas I need my portfolio built in Dallas so that I can go over there but with the internet now and the way everything is hooked up and free delivery and how fast everything is I even have to tell myself and remind myself over and over again that I can do business with any company in the world and it's just fine I can yeah. do you know business with 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 moo in, in London or whatever and it's just fine because I'm gonna get it in two days so yeah. um, we should never restrict ourselves to just doing business with 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 local people um, businesses, even though that is nice to do if if uh, a local business does good work.
1: Sure. Well, it really makes it easy for people who live in rural areas that don't have access to print on demand locally or whatever, too. So, I mean, it, it's a yeah. smaller world with the whole Internet thing, isn't it? Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> I mean, I learned that with, with building this big portfolio is um, – You know, I'm working with Wonderful Machine, who is, uh, I think in Philadelphia, I can't remember right off the bat, but then I I got the the pages printed, uh, you know, in in Portland, Oregon, and then uh, Scott Mullenberg built the book, and he's in Maine, Um, (laughs) and so all these things are being done in all these different places, but it's just fast and easy, and they all delivered it, you know, to my house in no time, and... Um, yeah so that was that was an amazing thing to kind of learn like wow, I can just kind of do business wherever I need to do it and get things from from wherever they come from
1: Well, and we can uh, this is later on our on our agenda, but I think you're kind of segueing into it but actually we're talking about portfolios and we started off with that um, you know and and Wade if you haven't seen the video, go check it out but Wade had a had a um, uh, his his portfolio that he had built. And, you know, I mean, like we're saying, it's a really nice one. But, you know, there's a company called Blurb that's real similar to Moo, but rather than doing business cards, they actually do bound books. And that's a really good place to start, too. If you don't have anything and you're out trying to show somebody a selection of your work, doing a Blurb book is not a bad idea. I've done a ton of those over the years. Oh,
0: yeah, they're great. That's another company that we can't talk enough about because – they have uh, so many great products that you can do books in so many different sizes. The print quality is amazing. They'll even uh, color correct your images for you and everything when you send them to them. If that's not really your thing or you don't know if they look good enough for printing. Um, and I've done a ton of those for, for personal projects as well and, and for showing around as a portfolio. So. Yeah, they're great. The
1: the, uh, the big thing I would say about Blurb, I mean, there there are other people who do books as well. I think Lulu, is that it? That's the other real big one? I've heard of that, yeah. And Lulu, you know, a lot of these people are designed for self-publishing. And Lulu is great, but I think when I was looking into this the first time around, both these companies were pretty new. Blurb is more geared towards uh, doing artwork on the book, so the paper's a little bit better quality. And that's one thing to remember. When you order your book, I always choose the higher quality paper. It is so worth it. Um, it's just it's just not a good idea not to do that. But the cool things about Blurb is they have I mean if you go to their website they do have an app you can download and it's free and you can put your book together that way and it'll do things like autofill and kind of like suggest some page layouts and you know you can adjust them from there. There's also if you guys use Lightroom I know there's a Blurb Lightroom plugin so right. it can integrate and they may even have an Aperture plugin if you're doing. Aperture. I haven't checked that out. Um, but that makes it really easy, too, because then basically you say, hey, I'm going to throw you 40 images. Make me a book and see what it does. And mm-hmm. you can choose templates and things, um, you know, and, and those are really nice. The cool thing about the blur books, though, is, is if you keep... They get expensive the more work you're putting into it, and so you need to think about that. But if you're just doing a basic book, the price is so low that I don't even worry about the color correction because what I'll do is I'll just I'll just get a book made and then go through the book. You can tell what's too dark or what's too funky or blue or whatever. You know, you mm-hmm. can make adjustments accordingly. So it's really nice because they're just doing one-offs of these books as you order them. Uh, you can certainly go through and just order one as a proof before you get one that is – you know, perfect that you want to deal with. Uh, again, those are a little more expensive to use as a leave behind. But that's something that at least you could sit down with somebody and leaf through and show them. Um, you typically don't leave like even especially your nice one, because there's only one of them. Um, did you ever leave behind the blur books? No, yeah, them. I
0: usually just just keep it with me all the time. If you were going to do a leave behind, they do paperback, mm-hmm. and you could do a very small one, oh yeah, um, like a five by five or, or something, just very small. Uh, you could cut costs by doing it on the paper that's not as expensive or something like that. And this is after maybe you've shown them your very nice book and they're familiar with your work anyway. And right. then you say, well, here here's a smaller book that I'm going to leave behind with you just to remember me by. But yeah, um, you know, as far as a portfolio with blurb, I like to go with the hardback. Is big. Big as you can get it, um, and but and like you were talking about to keep the cost down, and, and you want to do this with your portfolio anyway, but keep the images to a minimum. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want to sit there flipping through a hundred plus pages with them, um, and and to the point where they're ready for you to leave and they're bored or, or whatever. Even if your work's great, if you show somebody something for too long and too many images, they're gonna they're gonna be over it. So. Yeah. Uh, You know, like with my portfolio just now, and even with the blurb books I've done in the past, keep your, you know, start off with maybe 40 images, 20 pages, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, It gives you plenty to talk about for 15 to 20 minutes, which is plenty plenty of time for an interview and for them to get a good idea of what your work's like. You
1: know, it's really cool. I'm on, I'm on the Blurb site now. I didn't realize, because I've always done it since I tend to be a little picky, uh, but there's three ways you can do it. You can you can go in here. Basically, you can do Blurb prof- for Professionals, which is InDesign, Templates, and you know your plugins and all that. You can download their Booksmart thing, and then they have this Bookify Online thing that you've got now, too. Mm-hmm. And when you say get started, basically, you can make an Instagram book or a Facebook book. And they're seven by seven, so they're real small, square books. And U.S. prices start at ten ninety five. That would be a real cool thing just to do. Is like just a book your Instagram shots to show people. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that's professional, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. But
0: you, you're right. You're, you're right. There's a one called small square ten yeah. ninety five. That's that's a pretty good. Then that that that's something that's a leave behind. Yeah. And then you have large landscape. Now that's something I've done before too, and that looks great for your portfolio, especially the hardback. Yeah. That starts around fifty dollars. But when you're talking about building a portfolio um that's not bad at all that's not so bad. you can and do a dust jacket um they'll also integrate printed from, directly on the hard on the hard cover so you have a lot of options
1: i didn't realize this too this has been updated since the last time i got a, i got to do a new book um they've been integrated with 500 px picasa instagram facebook and Flickr all through. or so no matter five. what
0: you're on you can yeah. easily upload your photos straight from your website over to s- that it's
1: blurb you don't even have to upload them. they just suck them in you know yeah
0: Everybody, yeah. all these websites have made it so easy. They're they're not giving you any excuse not to <laughs> no. not to do something with them.
1: They used to be a little harder, and even then, they were easy. But now now they're excruciatingly easy. I mean, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, now they're on. Mm-hmm. Now they're yeah pulling images from websites that some people haven't even heard of. So that's great.
1: Has yeah, to try the blurb. Um, you could try Lulu as well. I don't know much about them. Uh, again, because they're kind of. Typical for people who do poetry or um, you know uh, novel type stuff. You know, yeah, writing of any
0: kind. I would think, yeah, if yeah. you if you if you were, were going to publish a book, self-publish a book, that would be a, a company you would go with.
1: Yeah, but for the pictures and stuff, blurb blurb's the one. Yeah, I don't uh, yeah. think you
0: can beat the quality of what blurb is doing. Yeah, uh, and it's cool. Uh, I
1: mean, you something. can you get options like dust jackets, or you can leave them off, or paperback, or I mean, it's it's really cool. To, and, and you can actually um, sign into blurb if you want to try to sell your books that way. I've never pursued that, but you know. They'll handle all the printing-on-demand online handling. So let's say that I wanted to do a, a book of my stuff that I wanted to sell. Um, I could actually you know, put that together, and then basically you're going to have to go promote the heck out of it, which is going to be a little more difficult. But um, when you sell them, you don't have to go buy the books. People will just order them directly on Blurb, and they'll figure out what and what you want to price them at what you're right? They'll keep be.
0: them. They'll keep it there on their website, ready to go, and mm-hmm. you can promote it on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. And um, the people that are interested in, in buying that can. And there's been great success stories where people have yeah. had their book fly off the shelf. I mean, that's never happened for me personally, but it can happen. <laughs> I've and, never uh, worked
1: at it, so yeah. I mean, it is possible. But and, uh,
0: and I've done spe- you know personal projects for family and friends and stuff, and then you can put it on there, and then they can order the size. And the kind of book um, that they want, and yeah. you know, for their little personal project. So that's nice.
1: That's not a bad idea too. Yeah, and then you don't have to mess with any of it or delivery. Or I mean, they they handle all the shipping. I mean, they take a cut, but uh, yeah, but yeah. they handle it all, which is nice. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving along, the other thing. I mean, we could do like more specific episodes on these as we've gone, and we've we talked about websites before, mm-hmm. and I think making sure. Actually, we were talking about this last week when you, after. You know, we'd done the filming and we were kind of goofing around around here Um, Yeah, talk about your book. Um, You know, if you're going to do a website, I think it's really important. And and what's funny is I think the last photography show was one that I did with that way. And I was talking about learning how to code on there. But, you know, the advice can 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 uh, vary depending on what you're advising. But as far as a website, you do need to have a website you need to have something with a domain name like Wade Griffith Photography or whatever it is that you're using uh, that people can go to. You know, mine is focus.nu. I used a really weird domain name on that um with the .nu thing, which I would do a .com going back, <laughs> and if I were going to be doing this professionally, you were trying to do something a little that.
0: artistic and funky at the time.
1: Well, I want yeah, it was artistic, it was funky, and I wanted a really short domain. There's no way mm-hmm. you're going to get focus .com, and so yeah. I had focus and blur and one was my blog and the other was my portfolio. And I still use those. Um, if I were out looking for work like you are, where you're actually trying to. You know, make it very accessible. I would go with the .dot com, but
0: yeah, I mean, everybody likes the .dot com. The .dot com is the easiest to find, and well, what most people, people
1: think that's all there is. That's
0: right. You no, know. no, there's a plethora of things. You, then if you, if you can't get the .dot com, you try for the .dot net, and you can't get that, you try for whatever .dot org or whatever makes sense for your business or whatever you're doing. But
1: yeah, but the .dot com really is the easiest one. <laughs> hey, yeah, you'd think in the year 2013 that wouldn't be uh, an issue, but it, it is. Well, and there's most people like you know. Uh, I know a lot of folks that that Google is the entire – they'll type the URL into Google Mm -hmm. to search. Instead
0: of just your name or whatever they're searching
1: for, right? so that's really important. But the other important thing, too, is – and even if you are – and I've done a lot of web development, and I do know how to code. But I think even for me, one thing I've given up is reinventing the wheel over and over. And, you know, if you're getting a website of – of of your work as a portfolio to put together the most important thing on there is your work and so i would make that as easy as possible and what the one thing you are going to need no matter what you do is some kind of content management system if you're sitting there building html for scrap from scratch you won't ever update your website because it takes too much work uh, right. even though it seems like oh it's not that much well it's enough to where you'll blow it off um, so one thing i would suggest is going with some kind of content management system on the free end of things there's there's wordpress which is you know, originally came out as blogging software and it really acts as a full Functioning content management now. Uh, WordPress is open source, so you you there's okay, and this is weird, too. I'm going to explain this. There's two versions of WordPress. There's the .com, and then there's WordPress.org. If you go to WordPress.com, they will host a blog for you, and I don't recommend that to folks, because you have limitations on what you can move on there. I mean, it's easy because it's all set up, um, but you have limitations. of Themes you can install, all that stuff. So it's a good idea to not do that. What you want to do is go to the WordPress.org and you would download it, or there's some other things you can do, and I did a whole thing last summer, and I'll put a link on this in the show notes in the Art of Photography. If you are interested in going the WordPress route on how to set all that up in a whopping five minutes, including buying, hosting, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, there's a company called Bluehost that I usually recommend. Bluehost are great. It's $5 a month. You pay for it by the year, but that's the breakdown. And that's the cheapest way to go. The rest is free. And they have a one-click install. So when you sign up for Bluehost, you basically hit that, and it builds WordPress for you, and you're done. You just go put your work and your theme in there and all that. So that's one thing I would recommend. And then there's also some theme places. Um, one I like is there's a company called Theme Trust that, that have their WordPress themes that are put together as portfolio themes, which is really nice. Because sometimes if you're just working off the main WordPress theme, it wants to be a blog, and you may not be wanting to make a blog. You want to do a portfolio. So uh, Theme Trust does stuff like that. But the other thing that Wade and I were talking about last week is service-based solutions. And there's a couple of them out there. And Wade uses, you use Livebook still, right?
0: I use Livebook, so I've always been a big fan of that. Um, They've always had great-looking sites. They can give you a ton of different options, different templates to go by. Um, And then if you want to invest a lot of money into them, they can do it entirely custom website for you that looks like nothing else they have on there but even with just all the the variations of the of the custom templates that they have uh, you can get a website that really doesn't look like anybody else is out there either
1: yeah so, it's your work that you're showing i mean that's the that's the key to that's the main out. thing
0: and on mine i don't have a whole lot else going on anyway except for the way that the the menus pop down and things like that that i kind of want to customize and my colors and my my custom logo and things like that but uh pretty much i like to fill up the screen with my foot with my photos really big so um uh live books live books is one great way to go um and I will I say that
1: Livebooks has improved drastically since I last took a look at them. I mean, they used to be flash-based only, and it wouldn't work on mobile phones and stuff like no, that. No, yeah, they've, they've changed really gotten all away that. from
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I think they've had to. There's another one that, that you know, if you, if you watch my other podcast, The Art of Photography, they've been one of my sponsors. And it's funny that people think that I'm just pimping them because they're paying me, which is not true at all. I mean, Squarespace is the name of the company, and <laughs> Squarespace is a great company. Um, they happen to be a sponsor, and I'm happy to recommend them to people. But uh, Squarespace... They're a lot like live books, but there's a little more versatility that you could actually build a blog into it. And if you need to do other things with a website, then just show your work. Squarespace is a really good option for something like that. And both that and live books, too. You don't have to know any code to use them. You just drag and drop and you can move stuff around. And they're just very simple and very straightforward. Right. If you're someone
0: really... like me, this is this is the way you're going to want to go. If yeah. you're a coder and, and someone like Ted, uh, you have a lot of other options and, and things that you can do yourself like, what you were talking about through um wordpress and that kind of thing but Mm -hmm. um if not and you just want it to be really easy and you want it to look really great then live books or squarespace i know a ton of my friends uh photography friends online go with squarespace and they've they've really upped their game in the last year so as well everybody has and um, yeah, those websites look great. So very easy to get your work online, and to also have a blog, which I think is really important nowadays. I have my own blog that's off my site called Tumblr. I, call, I, I, I you know connect Tumblr to LiveBooks, um, but I don't use LiveBooks as as my blog. And like you were saying, Squarespace and some of these other spaces already have the blog integrated, um, which yeah, is nice.
1: And I, I think it would be worth. I mean, I. I think it's too much to try to cover in our episode today because I would like to spend a whole hour on it but is, in terms of developing content as a, as a photographer there's a lot of like Wade's talking about keeping a blog there's a lot of content generation and particularly writing kinds of stuff you don't have to be you know author level Stephen King writer but there's a lot of things you have to do to get search stuff going on the web. And so having like Tumblr is really great for that. Mm-hmm. Um and being able to point that stuff back to your portfolio is very important. and we'll we'll do another episode and talk about some of those things another yeah, time. we're covering a
0: lot in in yeah. one in one conversation here, but yeah, we can dive into other things deeper later on.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would say, and this is, and I probably shouldn't even say because it it's so negligible, but the only thing that I have a reservation with using um, a service like LiveBooks or Squarespace is if you're funny about owning your own stuff, and by that I don't mean copyright because you own your images, mm-hmm. but the website itself, you don't ever have access to the code or see the back end on, so it's on their server. Right. So if for some reason uh, they ever went in a direction you just weren't fond of, you would have to rebuild your website from scratch if you discontinued your association with them so just making sure you back up your images and i'm sure yeah i will. mean we
0: we've we have we've talked about that time and time again you yeah. have on your show and we have together and all kinds of things and if you're not you have to be backing up your things in at least three different places all the time oh, yeah. on, on your hard drive on your computer uh in a cloud you know wherever you can so that w- if if that happens and it's it, it has happened before where a whole uh company has just said uh you know we're as of today we're we're gone um thanks for doing business with us good luck with your future or what or or they a tsunami hits their you know all their servers or something so um things can happen ha- be backed up and be ready to go with someone else um you know within a week if if you can if if something like that was to happen
1: yeah it's it's funny Squarespace. I don't know if you saw the thing with them, but it was like what was it during Hurricane Sandy? We were talking right. about this the other day. They yeah. were based there in New York. Yeah, and they were some like guys were running like diesel fuel up the stairs to like power the servers so they wouldn't go down. <laughs> some generator on the side. Yeah, That's I mean you connect. think in this day and age things like
0: that can't happen, but they can. I mean if if water. Uh, floods your entire building and the electricity is cut off for a week um, even even someone as mighty as, as Squarespace can have major issues yeah and they're very apologetic for it but I mean you know they' what, what can they do so um, yeah, you, you, you just have to know that those kind of things can happen and, and be ready for them.
1: Yeah. I think the, the one last section that we we're going to hit on here, and I think this is one, I was going to talk to you about this before we started, but we really didn't. I don't know if you do it or not. Um, but talking about mailing lists and social media for a second, and this is really the part of it that I think is important for people who are really serious about being uh, prof- doing photography as a profession. So if you want to mm-hmm. make your living doing this, um, promoting yourself, it, it, it's interesting because... In our age now, I mean, with the internet and stuff, there's so many ways with social media that you can do it, but you have to I see so many people that don't have kind of a feel for <laughs> etiquette on this mm-hmm. and you know you follow somebody on twitter and all they do is say hey here's my portfolio here's this here's that here's and that's right. all they ever tweet about right or put on their facebook page and it gets so old after a while because it's like social media is a conversation not a show and tell right so the interesting part about that is you really need to try and i think Wade does a really good job of this. there's a lot of people who do um t- if you look at anybody who's really successful as a photographer on social media, they have an excellent balance of this. It's sharing ideas. It's sharing links that you're familiar with. It's it's making things that are useful for other photographers. And then every now and then you can sprinkle your own work in and, and be known that way, too. But people, it's like going to a party. You're going to go to a party and some guy's just going to talk about his work the whole time. It's see you plenty. later. Yeah, see you. It's going to be boring. Right. I don't want to see his work. He's just so right. off-putting. But somebody that I get to know who talks photography and tells me a couple things I haven't heard of and all of a sudden we're, we're like having a conversation about it. I'm interested in seeing what their work is because I know them now. You mm-hmm. know? So I think that's a good way of, of thinking about that.
0: You're trying to form a relationship. You're not just wanting to promote just yourself. And there is a fine line with this and it, it's something that you have to maybe get used to or, or learn how to do or, or whatever or go by other people that are good examples. Like, look at other people that you're following all the time that you're interested in and how they're promoting themselves and how, how they're going about things and what they show. But yeah. you're right. It's like on, on my Tumblr and on my Facebook and on my Twitter. Um, I, I try to not only promote myself um, here and there, I also try to show things that I'm very interested in, uh, things that I saw on the internet today that were amazing, music that I'm really into, um, whatever it is to say, hey, here I am. I'm a person. I love all these things. What do you think about this cool video today? And oh, by the way, this is what I shot last week as well. Um, and, sure. and then and then people become your friends and, and followers that are really interested in you and interested in, in seeing that, that there's a person there and that y'all are having a conversation and sharing interests. And um, if they dig your work on top of that, then great. But if every single post on whatever it is that you do is just, this is, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, then right. people are going to very quickly lose interest in that.
1: Well, and the subtle part of this is like you know, use Twitter for instance, or, or Facebook, or any of these. Mm-hmm. You know, have your link to your website on your on your contact information or on your profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody does. But then you know, when somebody becomes interested in you and they want to know what you do, that's where they're going to click to go look at it. You know, and like Wade said, every now and then you can float something like, "Hey, check yeah. out a project I just worked on" or something. Then it's not like you know, just this 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 craze of self promotion. Now there are some Twitter rock stars who do this too much too. I mean, it's it just it just depends. People are well known for other things and all of a sudden they become If you have 1 million arrogant. followers, <laughs> yeah.
0: you can kind of do whatever you want.
1: I don't, but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, I don't either. So I try to left. keep people as friends and keep them interested. And and I'm and, I, and I'm doing it because, you know, I'm not only just trying to do something the right way, but I'm just trying to be myself. Yeah. And um I'm I'm from a marketing background. I'm from an advertising background. So there might even be people that say, Wade, you promote your stuff too much or whatever. But at the same time, I am trying to run a business, um, and, and I'm trying to have a conversation with people, and I'm trying to form relationships. So I'm I'm trying to do all those things, and I'm trying to do it in a balanced way that doesn't turn people off. And, and I'm thinking about what would turn me off when whenever I'm um, promoting stuff. So um, you uh-huh. know that that's that's what I
1: go by. And, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a balance, you know.
0: It is a balance, and you can have what's what's great too with Facebook and Twitter and all these different things. Is that if you want to, and, and I do this on Facebook, I have professional Wade Griffith photography facebook and i have wade griffith the person and um and i promote different things on on my two different facebook's and i ask for people to follow me that kind of want to follow me as a business and i ask and then i and then i will accept invitations from friends and and people that i actually know on on my personal uh, facebook i really usually won't accept people on that that i don't know personally but i will on my uh on my, you know, professional one on weight growth photography. If if people want to like it, they can like away and follow me there. Um, and so you can do that. You can you can divide your business side from your personal side and, and keep things going that way. And I think that's that's another smart idea.
1: Yeah, actually, that, that does make sense. I mean, this is a whole separate conversation too I'm on Facebook specifically. I, and I'm very, I have a love hate with Facebook in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it but, creepy. But
0: right. No matter whether you love it or hate it, it's out there. It's it amazing. is. I know. Are gathering
1: well there's, there's there's two things for it and actually I think I mean, this is maybe worth saying now it's like on one one sense it's like you know the privacy concerns there's a lot of things like that there's a creepy element of it uh, there's there's people I haven't seen since high school who want to be friends you know and stuff like that yeah. um, but on the other side you can do very well I know or I've known people who have pretty much ran businesses through Facebook on some level or another I haven't known anybody who's done it strictly with photography but there are ways to do it if you can find an angle if you can figure a way to you know who is your audience Audience. Like, I think people who do, uh, you know, child photography or even wedding photography, which is a service that people who don't normally buy photos might buy, you could figure a way to use Facebook to your advantage on that. The yeah. problem that I have with it is I feel like Facebook is like MySpace and Friendster and everything else. It's going to have this time limit and it's nothing anybody can do about it because it's the generation that's growing up now wants their own thing. They don't want to do what their parents and their grandparents are doing. Mm-hmm. And there's already been studies that are showing that a lot of younger kids now are gravitating towards Google Plus because their grandparents and their parents aren't on there goofing around on on the social media all day. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. and, and so, you know, the, if you have a business that is run through Facebook and is Dependent on Facebook, my worry is that one day when that goes away, you're going to have to figure something else out because you're really locked into it. And so, I mean, I've probably been too extreme about that. I mean, you know, with my other podcast, I probably would have done much better if I had. Accepted Facebook a little earlier on that. We recently put up a Facebook page on there, mm-hmm. um, and we actually have one for the art of photography. We'll we'll talk about that in a second too, where you can find everything. But anyway, but there, there's like Wade said, it's there. You you can't deny it right now, and you do need to find a way to use that. But yeah, being able to separate that from your personal thing and have two accounts, I think, is important. And and sure, and what you would probably do on in the case of Facebook is you probably wouldn't sign in for another account for your business, but you would create what they call a page for it so people can like it or if you want the benefit if there's something for people to discuss in there you could do a group and of course Google Plus has groups now too Um,
0: yeah you just kind of want to be where people are and obviously people are there you have to be everywhere Um, you know (laughs) but you also want to do and you and you never want to put all your eggs in one basket and say uh facebook is if facebook goes down my business is screwed you never would want to do that and you wouldn't want to do that with anything i think you want to be on a variety of of different social networks and you want to be on the ones that um that you're comfortable with and that um fit your personality so if, if that's google plus or that's tumblr or that's twitter or that's facebook or whatever it is whatever you feel comfortable with i don't think there's a wrong or a right way to go about it do what's do it what, you know you're comfortable with and be where you want to be and, well, I would and even, promote promote your stuff there
1: i'd even make the argument if it's something you're not comfortable with it's probably okay not to do it because part of the deal with social media yeah. is that you are going to need to keep it conversational so when people engage you it's important to gauge them back and i mean I've, i i sometimes it's hard. I get people who will tweet me, especially like, you know, I have an audience of a lot of people overseas Mm -hmm. that aren't in the U.S. and I get direct tweets and stuff in the middle of the night and I get up and I get busy with work the next day and I forget to get back with them. So if you've tweeted me you know that's the problem, but anyway, and
0: and, and, that, and people can get, be turned off by that or be they insulted can. by that. And you had no way meaning to insult them. Well, then I but feel if, guilty about it too. If you're not engaged too, with that social media, uh, that's what's going to happen. So it's almost better not to have a Twitter or a Facebook or something. If it's not something that you're going to get on very often, that you maybe look at only once a year, and then you say, oh gosh. 400 people emailed me or you know yeah. messaged me and I or you know said something to me on Twitter and I never got back with them now now you're losing uh, followers yeah and
1: it's particularly with with yeah like you said something that you sign up for and then you don't use for a full year I mean that that's something that you're going to look back on and you're not I mean why bother other than reserving the <laughs> the name on there or something I don't know yeah. but yeah it's just kind of goofy well speaking of and we can start kind of wrapping this up I suppose yep. um where can you find all this stuff if you're listening to the show you found us in iTunes because we really don't have it a lot of other places right now iTunes and our website. Um, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or anything else and tell us what you think if there's some adjustments you'd like to see made. Um, right now we have a website which is part of another website and it's confusing. It has a very long URL. Uh, it's called the photography show dot the dot TV. It's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> No, sorry, it's not even a .TV. I can't keep anything This straight. is the
0: best example of the worst URL you could possibly yeah. have.
1: After we did a whole thing on how to promote yourself, um, <laughs> I'm not ready. So see, this is the problem. Learn from my, my, my mistake <laughs> here. I obviously haven't yet. Uh, basically, years and years and years ago, probably like 10 years ago, I, I got the domain for thepublicbroadcast.com because I wanted to do a series of shows, and so everything kind of used to live there. So if you go to thepublicbroadcast.com, you can find it there. If you look for our show notes, if you Google the photography photography. photography show we come up so maybe that's what you should start with but um my other podcast is the art of TV, and you can you can i'll have everything on the homepage there while we're starting this back up again so maybe we need to get a url for the show we need to have its own website
0: in the meantime like you said they can go to facebook and like our new page the photography show they need to do that
1: um (laughs) specifically but here's the here's the problem there is that As much as they need to do it, they will not give me the the custom URL until I have uh, 25 likes on our page. But they can
0: search. They can go into Facebook and search our business, right?
1: They can search it. Yeah, the photographer. Search our page. I'll put a link if if you you can manage to find our website, which is practically mysterious. um, Then uh, you know, hey, you can you can. I'll have the link on there so you can go give us a like
0: and then they of course i'm sure they already do follow you on twitter yeah. and, and facebook and things like that uh, and you retweet everything that comes out anyway so that's a good way for them to get notifications well, of, of something that's just come come out uh, they can also follow me i'm on twitter at, at at wade griffith and uh on facebook they can look up my page which is wade griffith photography and i'll always retweet anything that we do there as well so very slick those are some
1: good ways to go about it yeah we try we try to be on the big ones um should we do a google plus page or do people like that
0: i'm on google plus but i haven't used it a whole lot um but you know yeah it's very cool um and and it's something that whenever i am kind of trying to promote something across the board i always go to google plus too and 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 put something there because i know that there's a lot of people who are really into that um like you just
1: said so yeah. Well, so basically, what we're saying is you're going to need to go do a lot of research to find a show.
0: <laughs> it's, go it's to Yahoo thing. or Google and type in our names in the photography show, and you, you, it'll take you somewhere. The, go, the Google, we
1: come right up. And we keep yeah. the, sh- basically, the idea is that we have a website, we'll keep the show notes there. Now, I do put the show notes in the XML feed. So if you're using iTunes or some kind of podcast thing to play it on, if you can you should be able to see some of the show notes there. But uh, mm-hmm. sometimes it's easier to go do that on the web somewhere. Um, and like i said we're we're just a little slow with with getting this going again but um
0: yeah but, but we'll have everything be we'll have everything right back to normal and even better i think this year than than we've done it before we'll have it as easy as possible for everyone to be able to find us and to listen to us whether you're on your computer or ipad or in your car or on your iphone or any kind of other device
1: so yeah i'm um, going to get the moo cards made we're going to take our own advice on this entire show here
0: yeah, I've got some Moo cards right now. I've got a Blur book sitting on my shelf.
1: You're, rock, you're um, rocking. I got
0: my website from Live Books up and working, and something else that was a New Year's resolution. I wanted to get a new logo for myself because when I started my business, I kind of threw one together for myself as I was a graphic designer, and oh, yeah, I, 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 you I, that. I didn't invest much time in, in my own logo, which is what we usually normally do as designers, um, as we do in other people's work. So, uh, finally a friend this year, I took some pictures for him and in return, he did a logo for me. And so I'll be excited to, um, start promoting this new, really nice professional logo for myself, um, here on, on, um, all my social network stuff. And then on my print materials and estimates and everything else. So that will be
1: nice. Yeah. that will be very cool. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm screwing around on Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> so you
0: don't you hate
1: it and now now that's, you're
0: not even paying attention to the show you're uh, on it. Let me tell you're you why in. I hate it.
1: It's it's like it's like the league of distraction. I open that up and I, there's something I need to post or tell somebody exactly. or, contact, or 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 somebody will send me a message on Facebook and I know I need to return it. I have one that's like 6 months old that I can't and I get in there and it's like, "Hey, look at me, look at me, click here, click And it's like, ah, "I can't take it."
0: Yeah, it can be a little it can <sighs> be a little overwhelming and it can be a a time suck too, like in the morning if you like me kind of With my coffee, I like to get on all the social networks and go through Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and see what's kind of happened.
1: since. Next thing you know, it's 5 o'clock and time to go. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. I have to limit myself to, like, say, okay, 30 minutes. By the time this cup of coffee is gone, you are in action and not looking at the Internet anymore because it can be a huge time suck.
1: Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I need to go lie down or something. (laughs) (sighs) I'm just overwhelmed at this point. There was something else I was going to tell everybody. I don't remember what it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know the one last thing that we were maybe talking about, just to close the show up with real quick, is another great way that you can promote yourself is uh, using some kind of like a a constant contact or something like that to to send out – monthly emails to to everyone I try to do no more than two a month sometimes I only do one but I would never suggest doing any more than that or you're gonna start getting a lot of people unsubscribing from you because it's gonna feel like spam and uh, you can create I would never suggest buying a list of contacts to send those too uh, i would create your own list through people that you starting off with people that you actually know and then people that you meet uh along the way and then and then people online on social networks especially linkedin is a great place to to meet professionals uh
1: who'd you say you're using for your mail service constant contact i use
0: constant contact there, there's a million different great ones out there that okay. people are always raving about so
1: real quick to back up this is basically um, okay, so if you need to start collecting names of, like, art directors or maybe it's gallery owners or if there's people that you need to stay in touch with and you want to do a mailing list, and this is very sensitive because people don't get this much either, um, you can use a service like – and I just pulled them up. Constant Contact look very cool. Um, sometimes they you'll find marketing services that offer to sell you a list of names, and I agree with Wade. That is not a smart idea. Because um,
0: they've sold that list to every single person.
1: Yeah, it's just not going names. to be an effective list at all and you pay money for it and it's people that you're not going to get a good what they call click-through rate or response from. And so it's really... Because
0: those art directors and creative directors and everything are being bombarded with emails and and may have even blocked that service at some point or will because they're getting too much. So it's better to create your own... And because people will actually know, oh, I remember who Wade Griffith was. Mm-hmm. We met a few weeks ago, or we met on LinkedIn, or whatever.
1: Well, and you build it slowly. And that, that's the cool thing about a mailing list, is if you if you build it organically, like we're talking about, um, you meet an art director, you meet a gallery owner, you meet whoever, and you want them to just stay in, up with your work. You're going to send maybe two emails out a month, something like that, whatever. <laughs> um, then you, you know... Put, put that contact in there. That's going to be an organic list of people and I think it's much smarter even if you have only 10 people you email out to every month mm-hmm. that that's a solid 10 rather than buying a list of 5,000 who you don't even know if they're going to, who they are or the response or just going for the mass um, I I mean and there are people who would disagree with me on that but I think it's It's really important to do that. Another good one um, that I use, actually, for the art of photography, um, we keep a mailing list on there that people can sign up for. And, you know, when there's stuff, I'll send an email out. But uh, MailChimp does really well, too. That's
0: another one that I've heard a lot of good, great things about.
1: And MailChimp, I don't know what the pricing's like on Constant Contact, but MailChimp, (laughs) MailChimp, 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 like the monkey, Um, and, again... Link's in the show notes. Uh, MailChimp, their base plan is free, and I think you can get up to – I think it's – well, here, let me log in and look it up. I think it's 2,000 emails that you can send out, and you can send up to – $1,200 $1,200 a month or something like that.
0: Yeah, both services are super affordable. I've never even had any kind of issues with the pricing at all. Yeah. And I think they all try to, you know, look at each other and, and base their prices on what the other person's doing and that type of thing to be competitive. So, um, that's just a great way to go. Great yeah. way to get your, to okay. work out there. And I, I always, almost always, I started with a very small list based on the um, business cards that I had in my business card holder. That was what my list first consisted of when I first sat down and started my business, now through all my social networks and people I've met in in person and LinkedIn especially, uh, my list consists of thousands of people broken up into categories by architecture, advertising agency, uh, photography reps, and so on and so forth. And so when I have certain work that I just want to send out to a certain group, I do that And um, I always get a phone call or an email at least saying, Wade, love the new work, we'll keep you in mind, or hey, Wade, uh, so glad you sent that today. It It reminded me that I have a project for you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'm so glad I did that then. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: that is nice. Just to recap, well, another thing, too, why why would you want to use, like, if you only have 10 contacts, why wouldn't you just send an email out from your computer? Um, the list services like MailChimp, uh, Constant Contact, there's AWeber, there's a bunch of these. Um, one thing that's really nice, and I can only speak from the MailChimp. Uh, experience that I've had. Uh, the free plan is zero to two thousand subscribers. So if I put ten people in there, um, they will. Uh, there's no charge, and I can send up to twelve hundred emails. Excuse me, twelve thousand emails a month. So if you have exactly two thousand subscribers, that's six emails you can do a month to these people. Uh, the yeah. plans go up from there. There's fifteen dollar. The fifty dollars is the biggest one. But uh, anyway, so the other thing that's cool about these is they will track your campaigns. So for instance, they call like a, they call it basically sending an email a campaign. So If I send out an email and I have some links to some work I've done recently or whatever it is, keep it simple. And this is worth its own show, too, on how to write this stuff. Mm -hmm. But basically what will happen is um, it will send the email out. I can time it or I can schedule it or I can have it, if you're doing international, do it at better times of the day. And then it tracks opens on these things so I can see what people have opened. It also makes it real easy for people to simply unsubscribe from the service, too. This is really important because you don't want to get marked as a spammer because right. spamming is illegal. And You'd rather it's
0: have them unsubscribe right. not cool. and, yeah. and make it easy for them.
1: Yeah, and I always write on there, they, they allow you to customize the text of how to unsubscribe. And I always say, hey, no hard feelings, didn't work out, no problem. You know, yep. Click here and you're unsubscribed. And then I don't pester them again. Right. Um, and make sure you keep a mailing list sign up on your website in case there's anybody who does want your email. But it, it, it does track, I mean, it's really cool. It will track the open rate. So you can see, you know, if I send out 600 emails and only half of them are opening, I know I've got half a dead list. Mm-hmm. It'll also give you the click-through rate. So when they open this, and this is where it gets interesting, they open the email and the first link they saw got clicked a bunch of times. Or maybe you send out a campaign and like there was something about a link further down the page that made it the most popular. Maybe it had a photo with it. Maybe it was in a different, the the, the type worked, or I don't know. Maybe it was the subject, the headline. So you can start to kind of track your success when you do send an email out. These are things you're not going to get if you're just sending it from your computer. Plus the other dangerous thing is it's one thing to send an email to 10 people frequently, but when you get a bigger list of 600, uh, your own internet service provider is probably going to yank you doing that, and I think Gmail is probably going to be unhappy if you're doing it there. Yeah, so, I wouldn't suggest that at all. No, I don't do it. through you, a service. Use yeah. a service that, even if you're paying for it, it's worth every penny. They're going to give you more tracking information than you're going to get on your own, and uh, I, I've got to talk my dad into this. He still does the old school. He'll send out like 10 emails with 10 people in each email, and it's like, what are you doing? You're killing no, yourself. I mean, just
0: the game of odds there is not oh. very good. No, it's uh, awful. When you put that to thousands of people, um, the odds of, of one person calling you back with a new job is great. And when you're talking about the price, even if like you're using the $50 package with them or something, right. you got to think, well, if I get one job out yep. of all these emails that I'm sending out once or twice a month, <coughs> and that job is a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars or whatever it is uh it quickly pays you back for that fifty dollars that you use to have the uh yep. the service
1: return on investment is yes. pretty high on that so Fair yeah right. yeah shoot even if it takes two months on a fifty dollar exactly. plan to get one job you still paid for it. That's so, what
0: I think about when I think about everything that I do, whether yeah. it's my business cards or it's postcards or, or constant contact emails or even building this portfolio, which was one of the more expensive things I've done. I thought, okay, but if I show this to, you know, several clients and, and even one of them gives me a job that that pays for this book, it was it was worth it right there alone. And then mm-hmm. from there on it's free and has paid for itself and Get you more business. So that, that's what you want to think about.
1: That's a really smart way of looking at that, actually. Yeah. Because it's harder to justify buying a new lens that way, or you know, yeah, those are the things you want to do, but you know, right? But yeah, spending and and you know, all the the suggestions we've given you today are very low cost. I think too. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're they they're are. very affordable and they're they're excellent if you're starting out. If you've been doing this a while, you've probably already done some of these, and then you want to look into the book thing and uh, go check out the video on that, like I mentioned before. But.
0: but it's always good when 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 I'm listening to other podcasts and learning from other people and reading books. I like to know what has worked for other people. Yeah. Right. And us in this podcast, we're saying these are some of the things that have worked for us personally. There's a lot of stuff out there, probably a lot of stuff we don't even know about or whatever uh, that work as well. But these are the things that have worked for us, and um, you know, hopefully they can work for you if you use them as well. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: I think that's all we got for today.
0: Okay. I think that's enough. Someone's mind's probably just been blown.
1: Yeah, we did. We, it's funny. The one show we organized here, we, act, we had a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, there's probably some people <laughs> asleep at this point. Yeah, <laughs> wake some up people who their their bright Their head actually exploded at some point. <laughs> I love it. There's the, that's the two, that's the, the two things that have happened today.
1: You know, it just occurred to me, we still don't know how we're signing off of these things.
0: Yeah, we're going to work on that and get back to you. But that's for part now, of the
1: old joke, though, isn't it? Say goodbye. Yeah.
0: But not once gonna, again
1: we'll we'll try to be back <laughs> next weekend oh uh, we're gonna roll it dude it's gonna be fun and, and we're glad to have everyone back as a listener too because i think this is gonna be fun to, to do again we haven't done one of these in a while and uh we're we're back we're permanent yeah, and I, I, we really
0: enjoy doing this and talking with each other on a weekly basis and sharing stuff with with other photographers and connecting with all you guys out there so yep. um we're gonna do it
1: yep yeah that's it for today everybody It's been another episode of The Photography Show. We will see you next time. See ya.